0: And now, Hebraic Roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International.
1: Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries. And we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Marriage Covenant Agreement and Lawsuit. This is part four of the series. Since this is such an important element and aspect to what Paul is trying to explain in his letters, we will share this with you because what's associated with keeping the Mishpatim is this phrase, if a man does them, he will live in them. Regarding keeping the marriage vows at Mount Sinai, regarding the details, the Mishpatim in Deuteronomy chapter 27. The setting here is the people are standing at Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim and so then what is given to them are the instructions that were uttered at Mount Sinai and it ultimately says cursed be the one that does not do these things and then it concludes with Deuteronomy chapter 27 verse 26 cursed be he that confirms not all the words of the Torah to do them, and all the people shall say, Amen. So here is what Paul was explaining in Romans and Galatians, that if we are going to have righteousness based upon our own merit without faith and trust in the God of Israel, the standard that the God of Israel gave in the Torah that is expressed at Mount Sinai is that if you want merit in yourself that you must follow all 100% of everything that was specified at Mount Sinai. Now because what was given at Mount Sinai was done through covenant, if you break one part of covenant, you've broken the covenant. So that's why it says in the book of James that if you've broken one part of the Torah, that you are guilty of breaking the entire Torah because the Torah was given as a covenant agreement. And so this is mentioned in the book of James in chapter 2 and verse 10 whoever will keep the whole Torah but breaks one point is guilty of all So if we are to receive righteousness based upon our own merit, we must faithfully and fully keep the entire covenant. But if we break one part, we're under a curse. So therefore, because all of mankind has broken the terms of the covenant, then how are we we going to be reconciled back to the God of Israel? And this is why Paul explains that the Torah teaches that we need a Savior. We need the Messiah because no one keeps faithfully all the terms of the covenant agreement at Mount Sinai. And so based upon our own merit, that's where Paul brings up the phrase, which he calls the righteousness of the law, meaning doing faithfully everything that the Torah says, that if you want life, if you want chai, that if a man will do these things, he will live in them. Quoting from Leviticus chapter 18 and and verse 5. And so then in Romans, in chapter 4 and verse 16, Paul says, Therefore it is of by faith that it might be by grace. To the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to those which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So at the beginning of Romans chapter 4, verse 1, it says, What shall we say then that Abraham our father has found pertaining to the flesh? If Abraham were justified by works or his own merit he has the glory in his own merit but he could not give glory to God for what says the scripture Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness he's quoting from Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6 so what Paul is explaining is that Abraham's the father of our faith of how we are righteous before the God of Israel and in Genesis in chapter 12 in verses 1 and 2 it says the Lord said to Abraham get you out of your country from your kindred, and from your father's house unto a land that I will show you I will make of you a great nation I will bless you I will make your name great and you will be a blessing verse 3 I will bless them that bless you and curse him that curses you and in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed so the God of Israel gave Abraham a promise and Abraham believed that promise he trusted in the promise of the God of Israel and so because he believed and trusted in the promise of God which was not based on upon his own merit. In other words, he didn't find favor with God because he did faithfully in his own actions 100% of the time. That's not how he found favor with God because Abraham's human like the rest of us. He failed from time to time but yet he believed and trust in the promise of God. So that's why we find in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6 that he believed in the Lord and it was counted unto him for Righteousness. So the Torah teaches us through the life of Abraham, who's the father of our faith, that the way in which we are righteous and in right relationship before the God of Israel is by putting our faith and trust and confidence in him. And now once we put our faith and trust and confidence in him, and after Abraham was made righteous, then God gave him the instruction to circumcise his flesh in Genesis chapter 7 seventeen verses ten eleven. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your seed after you. Every man child among you shall be circumcised, and you shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and you. So the circumcision was a sign of a covenant that was already made. Circumcision was a sign of a relationship that has already been established. So Abraham wasn't circumcised that brought a covenant agreement into existence that caused him to be righteous before the God of Israel. It was a sign of a relationship that he had already established and his commitment to be faithful to that relationship which he had entered into. And so then, in endeavoring to live his life in faithfulness to the God of Israel, we're told this about Abraham in Genesis chapter 26 and in verse 5, Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. And so Abraham sought to follow the instructions and the commandments in the laws of the God of Israel. And in doing so, he will receive a reward for his service in the way in which he lived his life after having it been established that, He trusted in the promises of God, and that's how God accounted unto him for righteousness and being in a right-standing relationship with him. Now, once he was in that right-standing relationship, he needed to show obedience to God and faithfulness to him, and the way he showed that obedience and faithfulness was by keeping the commandments of God, which entailed righteousness and justice. How you treat one another, how you love your neighbor as yourself, and by being Faithful to do that, Abraham was going to receive a reward for the way in which he lived his life in already trusting in the God of Israel for his salvation. And so that is what Paul was trying to show and explain in Romans and Galatians that this is Abraham's life, an example of how we're made righteous before the God of Israel. Of Israel. And if we were going to have merit based upon our own actions, then we must faithfully follow everything that was given at Mount Sinai. And if you offend in one point, you've broken the covenant. Well, if you've broken the covenant, how are you going to be restored if you've broken a vow, if you've broken the covenant? So, this is why Paul explained why we needed the Messiah, because if we properly understand the Torah, In God's standard, we will then see that we need the Messiah. Messiah is going to forgive us for breaking the covenant, for being unfaithful, and he's going to redeem us from the penalty of breaking the covenant. That's why Paul said in Galatians in chapter 3 and verse 13, Messiah has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And so then... Once we've been redeemed from violating and breaking the terms of the covenant, we receive the grace of God. And in receiving the grace of God, we still are obligated then in receiving his grace for breaking the covenant to endeavor to keep his commandments, his instructions, to love our neighbor as ourself, and to live a life of righteousness and justice that we make a distinction between right and wrong and we stand for right against wrong and we love our neighbor. If our neighbor needs help, we we give to our neighbor. We seek to relieve the oppressed and we stand up for the underprivileged. We're still supposed to live our life in this way after we've put our faith, trust and confidence in Yeshua as the Messiah and in doing so, we will receive a reward for our service Service to him and this is really what the Torah is teaching this is really what the marriage covenant agreement at Mount Sinai is all about and so once you understand the marriage covenant agreement at Mount Sinai then you are better able to understand what Paul was teaching in his letters that he was actually teaching what the Torah says and showing the correct way to follow the Torah that we need a Messiah we need to accept Yeshua as our Savior and the way we're supposed to keep his instructions is through the help of his spirit because in doing so we can be an obedient people and we can produce the character of God in our lives. And so this is the connection to what Paul was teaching in his letters in Galatians and in Romans as it relates to what was happening at Mount Sinai in the connection and the association with Leviticus chapter 18 verse 5 which says, if you keep my mishpatim and do them, you will live in them. And so then in uh, Romans, in chapter 3, verse 21, it says, but now the righteousness of God is manifest, being witnessed by the Torah and the prophets. So in order to emphasize this and what the Torah teaches about the issue that we cannot receive right standing with God based upon our own merit but we have to trust in Him and trust in His promises that He made to us for our righteousness. In Deuteronomy chapter 9 verses 5 and 6 it says, It's not for your righteousness or for your uprightness of heart do you go to possess the land but for the wickedness of these nations the Lord your God has driven them out from before you that He may perform the word which the Lord swore to your fathers to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Verse 6 Understand therefore that the Lord your God gives you not this good land to possess it for your righteousness for you are a stiff necked people. So that's what the Torah witnesses that the God of Israel has not given us the promised land because of our own merit that we get from our own actions and behaviors independent of trusting in him and This is repeated in the prophets and we're going to look at Ezekiel in chapter 33 beginning in verse 12 and then on into verse 13. Son of man, say to the children of your people, the righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall in the day that he turns from his wickedness. Neither shall the righteous be able to live for his righteousness in the day that he sins. Based upon what? Verse 13. It's based upon this. When I say to the righteous that he will live, if he trusts, if the righteous trusts in his own righteousness and commits iniquity or sin, all his righteousness will not be remembered. But for his iniquity that he has committed, he will die for it. And so... If you're living a righteous life, but you're trusting in your own deeds and your behaviors, independent of trusting in the God of Israel for your salvation, that the day that you sin, that you've broken the covenant. So this is what Paul said in Romans 3, that the Torah and the prophets witnessed of the righteous standard of God. So we're to trust In the God of Israel and in his promises to us to establish a righteousness relationship with him. And once that righteousness relationship is established, then we're to be obedient to him, to seek to do his will, to follow his ways, to keep his instructions. And that will earn us reward. It doesn't earn us salvation. And so these are the two major elements and things that we need to understand from what the Torah teaches and what is happening here at Mount Sinai. Now, in Deuteronomy, in chapter 4, in verse 5, Israel is to follow the Mishpatim when they enter into the land. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do so in the land where you go to possess. Deuteronomy, chapter 7, verse 12. The God of Israel Will fulfill the promises that he made to the fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when his people follow and keep. The Mishpatim that he gave at Mount Sinai. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 12. It will come to pass if you will hearken to the judgments to the Mishpatim to keep and do them. That the Lord your God will keep unto you the covenant and the mercy which he swear unto your fathers. Now Yeshua is asked in Matthew chapter 22 verse 36. Of all the commandments in the Torah what is the greatest? Great commandment or the greatest commandment in the Torah. And Yeshua answers this way in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 and 38. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and this is the greatest commandment. And in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 1, it tells us how we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, as it is written. Therefore, you shall love the Lord your God and keep his charge, his statutes, and his mishpatim, and his commandments always. Now, the God of Israel brings charges against his people for being outwardly religious, but in their heart not following and practicing his ways which following and practices His ways is following His Mishpatim, which is capsulized in the way in which we treat one another. Matthew chapter 23, verse 14, Yeshua said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore you shall receive the greater judgment. Verse 23, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin however you've omitted the weightier matters of the Torah and these weightier matters are judgment or mishpatim mercy or chesed and faith or emunah these things you ought to have done and not leave the other undone so he didn't tell them that they shouldn't tithe he says these things you ought to do because tithing is a part of the instruction of The Torah, but he says, Don't tithe and neglect the weightier issues of the Torah, which is capsulized in how we treat one another, which is judgment, mercy, and faith. So, in other words, a Pharisaic spirit is one that majors on minors. They emphasize the lesser things in the Torah and they do not follow the greater things in the Torah. So, that being the case, let's bring this to practical application among those who profess following the Hebraic roots of Christianity or Messianic lifestyle. You may have a Pharisaic spirit, meaning you major on minors, if you are a person who argues over how to keep the Sabbath, argues over how to keep Passover, argues over how to keep the new moon, or think you have the right calendar that everyone else should follow, or you think that you know how to properly say the sacred name. If you're arguing over these things and your judgment or your conclusion is someone's not doing it correctly the way you think they should, so you make a judgment that they're pagan, they're heathen, and you cannot have fellowship with them, you are neglecting the weightier issues of the Torah. And so thus, in effect, you're not following the spirit of the Torah. And if you're not following the spirit of the Torah, Torah, we can be said that you're not following the Torah if you're not following the heart of the Torah, if you instead major on minors. So, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength is the greatest commandment. Then Yeshua answered what then would be the second greatest commandment. Matthew chapter 22 verse 39 and it is this, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Loving your neighbor as yourself is an instruction of the Torah that comes from Leviticus chapter 19 verse 18 and you shall love your neighbor as yourself I am the Lord and so the way that we're going to generalize following all the detail instructions or the Mishpatim the details of those instructions is capsulized by loving your neighbor as yourself and so this is what Paul was instructing Romans chapter 13 verse 8 oh no man anything but to love one another for he that loves one another has fulfilled the Torah. So following the Mishpatim is living a Torah life of love, loving the God of Israel with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, loving your neighbor as yourself, and in doing so you will be practicing the righteousness and the justice standards and commandments contained in the Torah given by the God of Israel of Israel. Loving your neighbor as yourself is following the Torah. Romans chapter 13 verse 9. "...you shall not commit adultery, you shall not kill, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying." In other words, this is the capsulization of the Ten Commandments, or at least the part of the commandments that deal with how we treat one another, "...that you shall love your neighbor as yourself." Romans chapter 13, verse 10. Love works no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the Torah. Galatians chapter 5 verse 14 For all the Torah is fulfilled in one word even this That ye shall love your neighbor as yourself So loving the God of Israel with all your heart, mind, soul and strength Is the greatest commandment Matthew chapter 22 verses 37 and 38 Yeshua said you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart With all your soul, with all your mind This is the first and the greatest commandment And now let's summarize what we've covered in this section of the teaching. Number one, by following the Mishpatim, the house of Jacob will have life or Chai or the premium that life has to offer, and as a result, will inherit the promises of the God of Israel made to them. Number two, the two greatest commandments of the Torah is to love the God of Israel with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Number three, the way in which we love the God of Israel with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength is by following his Mishpatim or the instructions that he gave at Mount Sinai that were done so in the context of being wedding vows. Number four, we love our neighbor as ourself when we follow the Mishpatim. Well, that's going to conclude part four of the series on the subject, the marriage covenant agreement and lawsuit. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.